0: Welcome to the Career Fluencer Podcast. This is Matt Funk. I'm a healthcare consultant currently based out of Miami, Florida. You know, we often are, are judged by a piece of paper, and I don't think that tells the story, who we are, the ambitions we have, and what we could bring to the table. The idea of being able to overcome adversity, I want to help other people get better. Well, I need to do the same for myself. If I can't practice it, I can't preach it. things were almost lined up for me to take a specific career, to take a specific path uh, for employment. So as a military brat, you know, I, I grew up thinking I had a specific direction I had to go in versus choosing what I wanted to do. So I, I always knew I was going to go to college. You know, I always knew after my dad had done ROTC and all these other programs that that was something I needed to, to figure out was, you know, uh, what branch of the military I want to do? What I want to do from there, and I, I knew when I was growing up that that wasn't the path I wanted to take. Yet it was the path carved for me. So I knew if I wanted to get a new, if I wanted to, I guess create my own journey to to run on my own path, so to speak. I I needed to kind of be creative with it. So I went to college with the ambition to, you know, figure out uh, what I wanted to do. So I was one of those unique. Uh, people mo- like like most of us out there who had really no clue what they what they wanted to do. Uh, I had two main priorities: the first being uh, to help people. You know, I, wa- I wanted to do something that made a difference, and the second being um, I wanted to do something where I could interact with people. So, people were the main priority for me as a military brat growing up. That was kind of what I wanted to do. to do. I knew that I loved meeting people from all different areas and, and helping them and uh you know i I tried to figure things out while I was in college i uh you know started pre med and realized that wasn't for me i I started looking into becoming a lawyer um realized i i that wasn't the path for me either so i just you know i i started figuring out what I needed to do didn't have as much to do with the degree I studied it had more to do with what I was passionate about and that was people so uh, about my senior year of college i um was really struggling to see, hey, am I going to go to grad school? Am I going to get an advanced degree? If I am, what is it going to be in? What am I going to do after that? So instead, uh, what I did was I, there was a nonprofit, nonprofit organization that um, focused on finding leaders from their college campus uh, and putting them into the education world to, to make a difference as, a, as an educator. So um, that's what I did. You know, I worked in the inner city. My mom being a former educator, uh, always said, if you can make the, make a difference for one child, um, then you've served your purpose. You've done it. You know, I really took that into my, uh, everyday practice. So I wanted to make a difference. And my first year was so hard. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life was being a first year teacher. Um, and it wasn't just be the location that I was teaching. It wasn't just cause it was a brand new school. You know, it was a lot of, Just learning to grow up a little bit, you know. I'd just been in college and took care of college kids, sure, but uh, that's not the same as these little kids that you're trying to uh, grow and and uh, mold into functioning members of society. So I I grew up in a fairly strict household, as as many of our military brats would understand, um, which really taught me a little bit about putting my nose down or you know ear to the ground or whatever the old sayings are. But basically. You know, you move forward. You you continue to go. You you work hard to get the things that are uh, worth it. He always said, "No pain, no gain." So a lot of times when we're growing up and we're, you know, trying to figure out these things, they're going to be tough. And my first time teaching, my first year teaching, was incredibly hard. It was so hard. I got punched in the face by a student. Uh, I'll tell you, and and I won't say his name, but there was one specific student um, that I could really see a difference. With you know, he was one of those kids that probably shouldn't have gone to sixth grade. He was getting in trouble all the time. he had no father figure at home. Um, he just he, he was really struggling. And so my whole other team was made up of female teachers, uh, and they would tell me all the time that he was struggling. He was, you know he was not doing well, he was misbehaving in class, he was doing all these things. and so um, but in my class, he was great. He um, was quiet. You know he was respectful. He, you could tell that he wanted to to learn. Or you know maybe he was just treating me differently than the other teachers. So I pulled him to the side one day and I told him, "Hey, look, um, this has got to change. I know you're doing well in here, and I appreciate it because I could see a lot of potential in you. But you can't keep doing these, this tomfoolery, I guess we could say. But you can't keep messing around in these other um, teachers' classrooms because, um, you know, it's It's not fair, and you've got to be a leader for these other classmates. So anyways, uh, my school was brand new, so they had all these kids from different neighborhoods who already didn't like each other that used to go to different schools. So instead, they put them all into this one school. So we probably had six fights a day. I mean, it was an absurd amount of fights. Um People constantly get in trouble, all these things. So one time my uh, principal, it was the first time principal, saw these kids or heard that they were supposed to fight. So a bunch of kids are running down the road. So I run after them and I see a bunch of my sixth graders. You know, I see a bunch of my students there. So I start pulling them to the side and say, "No," you know, I guess metaphorically pulling them to the side. But, you know, I keep asking them to stop and keep telling them to come back. And uh, a few of them kind of went off and still did their own thing. But that one student who I, was, who I saw a difference of in my own classroom. He stopped when I asked him to. He came back with me. It was after school. Uh, you know, sixth graders that can't play sports or anything yet. So um, this was a, a big deal that he came back, and I just kind of told him stories about my childhood. You know, growing up in, in the inner city myself, um, I told him about kids that I knew that had potential that these terrible things happened to, or, you know, they, they had all this potential, but they ruined it for themselves. And um, for the first time, it was a kid who was listening. I could tell. And so he came back and he started doing things the right way. Um, his sixth grade, he did so well. His other teachers used to start telling me, hey, I whatever you said to him, keep doing it. Uh, he ended up getting all A's and B's in sixth grade. In seventh grade, I was the head football coach. He became my team captain. Um, he was dominating all of his classes. Then in after football season, he failed one of his classes. So I pulled him to side and I said, look, Man, this leadership thing. This is an ongoing thing. This is not just you choose to be a leader when you when you want to. You've got to you've got to really um, you've really got to push, and you've got to push yourself to do better. So he ended up uh, you know doing fine. He passed all his classes. He got all A's and B's. Went on through eighth grade. Um, I coached him again. I got to see him you know graduate from middle school, and uh, I still keep ties with him now. But you know, as a twenty year old now. Um, You know, he invited me to his high school graduation. Like, I, he was one of the first ones in his family to actually get done with it. And it just, you could see the difference that you're making uh, in the lives of these kids. Um, You know, and a lot of times you don't see a day one, right? A lot of times you don't see that kid who's sitting there taking in all the information. A lot of times you learn this stuff later on, you know, with kids reaching out at another guy. he reached out to me last year saying he got into college and he's going to be going there. And, you know, he was well-behaved in my class. You could tell you made a difference, but he had a good family support system. So I didn't know, but he reached out and said, thank you for everything that you taught me. And, um, you know, it, it, it was one validating to know that I was able to make a difference, but it was another thing to just to see it. It was another thing to see the success of others that, uh, I was able to help for me, seeing other people around me succeed it is a huge boost for me. And obviously that's not on a resume. You know, I, it's not on a resume that I helped teach this kid in sixth grade. And by the time, you know, he was able to be the first one to graduate from high school after leading all of his teams and doing all of those things and being in organizations and stuff like that. I mean, that, that doesn't go on a resume. The same thing can be said for my friends from, from high school, uh, who I was able to help mentor into becoming, uh, you know, Graduating from college, the first one in his family to graduate from college. He was able to get in the All Greek Honor Society. He was able to, um, you know, he had a really good job with a um, nonprofit organization for a long time. So it's those types of things tend to stick out to me more than just my own personal accomplishments or things that I've done. Now, I I will tell you, um, I think a big thing for me is overcoming adversity. And that's one of the biggest things that will never show up on a resume. You know, it doesn't show up on a resume that you don't do very well at your job at the beginning because it's really hard and you have to uh, climb out of that hole of despair and you have to climb out of that hole of just ineffectiveness to, to, to become effective, to become good at what you're doing. And I think I wish there was some way to measure that on a resume because I think it's really impressive. And, you know, when you go into interviews, that's one of the first things people ask you, like, what's something that you struggle with and how did you get better at? Or something along those lines. And, you know, at my current place of work uh, in the healthcare field, I didn't know anything about it. You know, I I had been in the education world and before that I was studying criminal justice in college. So I I, I didn't really know anything about the healthcare industry. So when I was told at first to to focus on like the marketing side, it was something I really struggled with. I, I couldn't really get behind it. I didn't really know the industry very well. So instead of giving up, I just had to keep fighting, 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 and learning more, trying to do better. Kind of goes to what my dad, my dad said when I was growing up: "No pain, no gain." Right? If it's not hard, uh, is it even worth it? Like, it's life is pretty difficult. Uh, jobs are difficult. Um, it's it's not an easy thing to try to become better at something or try to make a difference. It's it's okay to not be great at everything. I think that's something I really struggled with. You know, as a as somebody who used to think that, uh, you know, somebody whose mom thinks that he hung the moon. um, It's okay to to have to struggle. It's okay to not know what you want to do. I'm 30 years old and I still don't know exactly what I want to do. But there are things that have resonated with me that I've learned on my journey through life and through being a professional. I don't think you need to have everything figured out. Uh, I just, I mean, this coming from a guy who, who typically, or who, who doesn't, you know, I started as a teacher for three years. Now I've been in this co- consultant role for, for about five. And I, I can tell you, did I think that this is where I would have wound up? No. Do, am I unhappy with where I am? No. But is this where I'm going to be forever? who knows? You know, I I think we constantly need to be focusing on the things that we want, that we know we care deeply about. And for me, it's helping people. And as long as I'm in a role where I can be doing that, um, you know, then it's okay. Then it's okay. You don't need to have everything figured out. It doesn't need to be something that you set up from the time you're in 10th grade, and all of a sudden you get to that point and you're absolutely miserable in that role because you thought it's what you're supposed to do, you know, I could have done that with the military. Could have just gone down that path because that's exactly what was that I was supposed to go down. Uh, But I didn't. And I carved my own path. And you can too, just with a little bit of a start to realign your focus on, hey, I want to figure out the things that are important to me and that's what I want to be doing versus Hey, I need to have this job because it sounds cool. Or hey, I need to uh, do this because you know it's the way that it's supposed to be. I, I just don't think you'll find any success there, and you definitely won't find any happiness. You know, again, as the the son of a military guy, I've seen leadership my entire life. My dad's dad was a. Uh, in the military and a big time leader. And it's same with my mom's dad. And so I've always kind of seen this leadership trait. And, and what I took from, from those traits and what being a leader means is, you know, the old, I guess, euphemism or whatever the word would be is, uh, you know, you lead by example. I started as a college kid who just wanted to play college sports and Moved to be a leader in my fraternity as the president and of the all Greek honor society as the president and all these other things. And it wasn't because I set my sights on, hey, I need if I go into an organization, I need to be the head honcho, I need to be the boss because I can't handle anybody else telling me anything to do. That that has nothing to do with it. And if that's your outlook, then you're probably a pretty lousy leader because um, you want to. You wanna be able to lead through, sure, by example, but more than that, you want others to think of you as somebody who can make a difference. You want them to see you as somebody who you can, who can help you grow as a person, as a professional. If you have a constant outlook that you want to help make people better, you wanna help make the situation better, you wanna be an influencer. That's why you know platforms like this are so great. Um, That's what we want to do, right? We want to be able to influence people just as we move forward in in life as professionals and as people.